Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to today's show. <clears throat> this is Progressive News Network on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host tonight, Janine Moloff, um, filling in for Brooke Hines again. She's taking a bit of hiatus. So let's just go on with it, all right? So we're continuing coverage on what I call the planned negligence being orchestrated by the GOP, yes, of Trump still, when it comes to COVID. Now, let's face it. This is a virus. It is a medical and scientific issue. It should never be politicized, but it has been. And so now we have this just cluster of a mess. I'm not going to say the actual word, but you get the idea. So this week, we're going to talk about yet another frivolous lawsuit, this time instead of in Florida, filed here in my home state of Missouri by our Missouri Attorney General, Eric Schmidt. Now, Eric Schmidt filed this lawsuit seeking to ban mask mandates. It's a class action suit in Missouri's public schools. Sound familiar, people in Florida? Of course it does. In this lawsuit, Schmidt claims that the science is on his side. Newsflash, it isn't. But Eric Schmidt has another goal in mind, in my honest opinion, namely his upcoming campaign for the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by Roy Blunt. Essentially, again, in my opinion, solely, Schmidt is using this lawsuit to gain publicity for his candidacy, and our children and their families are the pawns that he is using so cynically. So let's get to it. So last week I talked about Governor Ron DeSantis, back here in Florida, his insane crusade against masking in our public schools. Now, this week I'll talk about, as I said before, the Missouri Attorney General's equally corrupt attack on masking decisions in our public schools. Now, both men, both Governor DeSantis and Attorney General Schmidt, are going to both claim that they're not banning masking. It's a parent's personal choice to decide this for their minor child. And we talked about this last week because while parents do have rights, they also have responsibilities. And no, parents cannot choose something that is considered medically foolhardy that could recklessly endanger their child, such as refusing to allow them to mask during an airborne pandemic. Okay? But let's move on. So in an official court document, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt lists multiple reasons why a decision by the Columbia, Missouri public school system to implement a mask mandate is, in his terms, quote, arbitrary, capricious, and as Schmidt claims, contrary to the actual science. Um, It looks like Attorney General Schmidt really loves those two terms, arbitrary and capricious, because he he uses these two terms in every frivolous lawsuit he's filed since he's been in office, and he's filed quite a few. Now, in all fairness to the Missouri Attorney General, his team did cite multiple studies in the reference section of their lawsuit. I'm not going to say they didn't because that wouldn't be true. They did. But the studies really seem cherry-picked, which is among any attorney's strategic decision-making process. Okay, so it's not illegal necessarily, providing that there are no factual misrepresentations, misrepresentations to the court or actual outright lies to the court. But 
what he's doing is unethical. And when we're talking about playing a game of de facto Russian roulette with the lives of our children and their families, yes, it is immoral. So this report is going to delve into the case and attack a primary point which the Missouri Attorney General advances, namely the children do not act as efficient carriers of COVID to others. <coughs> Excuse me. This is one of Schmidt's most featured arguments, and it is inherently false. So let's talk about the lawsuit first. First of all, Eric Schmidt received the publicity he wanted from all the major, um, major corporate media stations, when he filed his lawsuit, as well as the Hill. So mission accomplished, to use GOP terms. He, he received the publicity he was seeking. He's outside of Missouri. Nobody's ever heard of him. So let's do this. From the Hill, this report here. The headline is Missouri AG files class action suit against school districts enforcing mask mandates, and it's by Jordan Williams. And it was published just this past week, August 24th. So just this past Tuesday, Schmidt filed this lawsuit. He is a Republican, and the complaint was filed in a Missouri state court. Excuse me, folks. When I cough, it's asthma. It's not COVID, thank God. <coughs> Excuse me. So Schmidt argues that the mandates, these mask mandates in public schools are, quote, taken from the lawsuit, quote, not supported by the science and are an arbitrary and capricious measure, end quote. And he's asking the court to make the declaration that mask mandates in public schools are, quote, unlawful as to school children, end quote. Now, the complaint goes on to say, here's another quote from the complaint, quote, despite the science, some public school districts require all students to wear a mask on school buses, school property, and while engaging in school activities. These mask mandates are arbitrary, capricious, unreasonable, and unlawful and such measures are unsupported by data or science, end quote, straight from the complaint. My question to the Attorney General is exactly, what data are you quoting, Mr. Schmidt? You know, again, the Missouri, Missouri Attorney General did of his team file study data in the references section of the, of the lawsuit, but the information largely comes from the earlier days of the pandemic, and essentially is only talking about the alpha variant and doesn't cover the Delta variant. So basically, not only is that data ironically um, out of date, it's incomplete. So his data is ineffectual to make the point he's trying to make. The complaint specifies Columbia Public Schools, but keep in mind, if the judge goes against the schools, this could apply to all the public school districts in the state. Private schools are left untouched. Now, it should also be mentioned that Mr. Schmidt has three children. One of his children is ironically, and, and again, I pray for him, is developmentally delayed and is medically fragile. But to the best of my knowledge, and I could be wrong, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it, his children go to a private school. So his child won't be affected by this anti-mask mandate. The hypocrisy is so thick, you could slice it and put it between two pieces of rye. All right, so the suit also lists as a class, quote, um, public school districts and their boards of education, in addition to, quote, superintendents of the public school districts. 
and it names Columbia Public Schools, as I said before, the District's Board of Education and the members of the um, Board of Education as the defendants. Now, Columbia Public Schools began requiring students and staff to wear masks indoors August 16th, and that was documented by a local TV station. Now, the Columbia Schools respond. So the Chief Communications Officer for Columbia Public Schools, uh, somebody named Michelle Baumstark, uh, sent a, a statement to the Hill that the district is, quote, extremely disappointed to learn that the Missouri Attorney General has chosen to pursue litigation against the school district for providing safety measures for its scholars, teachers, and staff members. The decision to file suit against a public school district after a local decision is made in the interest of safety and keeping students in school will waste taxpayer dollars and resources, which are better spent investing in our students. Columbia Public Schools intends to aggressively defend its decision to keep its community and its scholars safe, end quote. Now, the Attorney General's lawsuit is inconsistent with Missouri state law. Missouri, unlike Florida, Missouri doesn't ban school districts from imposing mask mandates. Okay? There was a law passed in Missouri by the idiots of the GOP and signed by Governor Parson, who, in my opinion, is an even bigger idiot, and that particular law, pro, quote, prohibits, I'm reading straight from this, prohibits officials from implementing public health orders that place restrictions on the opening of public and private places or lead them to be partially or fully closed, closed longer than 30 days during a public health emergency, end quote. Okay. So we already have the GOP in Missouri doing legislative overreach and nullifying the right of local communities to pass their own mask mandates. All right? Now they're going after our public schools. I would argue that Schmidt's complaint is, is what's arbitrary and capricious. Okay? He claims wrongfully that masks are, quote, a hindrance to development, especially in young children with special needs. Okay. I was a speech-language pathologist in St. Louis City Public Schools for 30 years. I worked with children at a number of different disabilities, including children that were medically fragile, who, yes, if they were having a bad week, had to wear a mask for their own protection. They do not hinder development. While it may be difficult, especially if they're developing speech to see words forming, there's a local private school that works with hearing-impaired children that the Moog Institute is what it's called. And the principal there and her team came up with a very clever way to um, work with their children who need to speech read, if you will, face read. And they came up with visors and masks that are, they're actually visors, and they, um, you can see through them. Okay? Now that stuff is all around, but once again, they came up with a clever way to work with it. So, no, this is not needed. Uh, Schmidt also argues that science shows that children are at significantly lower risk of contracting serious illness due to COVID-19. Well, yeah, that's true. But once again, we're going to get into this later in the report, older children, while they may not get as sick, are actually effective carriers, especially of Delta. In fact, uh, there was a South Korean study that we're going to delve into that was truly, you know, 
conducted an epidemiological study and with a sizable population, and what they found with children aged 10 to 19 are not only as effective car a carrier of COVID-19 as adults, in some instances, they are more effective as carriers than adults over the age of 19. And the last time I checked, 10-year-olds were still in elementary school. We're going to get into that. So Schmitz goes on to say, quote, there is no evidence that defendants considered the underlying data, science, and evidence that failed to justify issuing a mask mandate for school children at this time. Well, he's wrong. <laughs> he's just plain wrong. And when I attempted to call his office several times in the past two weeks, um, at first, last a week, two weeks ago, I was able to get a hold of somebody. But last week, after this suit hit the airwaves, their message box was so filled that you couldn't get a hold of anybody. And apparently, they didn't clean out their voicemail, which is very convenient for him. Again, I want to mention, Schmidt is running for the Senate. So he wants his publicity. In the past, he's also sued St. Louis. Right now, he's in the middle of suing St. Louis County, City, Kansas City, and Jackson County over their mask mandates. Now, there was a Missouri Circuit judge that ruled last week that St. Louis County could not impose its mask mandates, again, according to the Hill. So once again, their Attorney General Schmidt, like too many GOPers, hasn't found a mask mandate that he doesn't like. And it's, it's rumored, let's put it that way, um, Mr. Schmidt himself, while he's during the course of his business day, doesn't wear a mask. So, all right. So, you know, I called the ACLU here in Missouri, and I, I couldn't get a hold of anybody because I wanted to know if they were going to file a lawsuit against the Attorney General in this attack on our public schools. Well, in Missouri, they're not necessarily, you know, I don't know what they're doing. They haven't done it yet. But there was a case in South Carolina where the ACLU is suing over South Carolina's ban on school mask mandates. And this is from National Public Radio, again, this week, August 24th, by Claire, Lombar Claire Lombardo is the author. So, and the South Carolina governor, Henry McMaster, is a defendant in this lawsuit filed by the ACLU. Um, and... This, it's filed by the ACLU, but there's also a number of disability rights groups and parents of children with disabilities that are joining the ACLU. Because when you say parents can choose whether or not their child will mask, and often kids, if the parents don't tell them to do it, they're not going to do it. So if you have this unequal situation and you have children that are disabled and are medically fragile, then it, is, it becomes dangerous for them to attend school. And even though there's a federal law, the Americans with Disabilities Act, that says they have to have equal access, this lack of a mask mandate is denying them that access. And again, I'll mention Mr. Schmidt has a child that is in that category, but his children attend private school. Okay? So the ACLU filed this federal lawsuit. Okay, good. Good, good, good. And it challenges South Carolina's ban on requiring masks in school. The ACLU um, says the state's ban not only really hinders schools from, quote, adhering to federal disabilities rights law, but also, quote, illegally forces parents of children with underlying conditions to choose between their child's education and their child's health and safety. 
Parents filed a lawsuit in U.S. District Court in South Carolina. Their kids have a number of conditions, including asthma, as well as weakened immune systems. Uh, the ACLU issued a statement that said, quote, the ban on mask mandates effectively excludes those, these students from public schools in violations of the Americans with Disability Act and the Rehabilitation Act, okay? And those two laws keep schools from denying students that have disabilities equal access to an education, but they also require that schools provide students with appropriate accommodations, including physical accommodations, so that they can learn. And a lack of a preventing a mask mandate is definitely an impediment to these children. Some of these kids, I've dealt with children myself in, during my tenure as a special ed, as special ed personnel. Kids that were undergoing cancer treatment are particularly vulnerable. Kids that were organ recipients. We had children that had um, sickle cell anemia, that had a lupus. Folks, this is evil. Okay. Now, um, Brian Sims is a spokesperson for Governor McMaster, and the comment they issued to the to um, I'm sorry, folks, uh, to NPR, was, quote, while we don't comment on specific litigation, the only truly inclusive option is to allow every parent to decide whether their child will wear a mask in school. That's exactly what the General Assembly's budget proviso does in South Carolina. Well, he's full of crap, all right? Every parent makes a decision. So if parents decide, no, I am anti-mask, my child won't wear a mask, then they are denying children that are medically fragile the right to attend school. Uh, the superintendent of education, Molly Spearman, or she's for the, she's the superintendent of education for the state, is a defendant in the case as well. She has asked lawmakers to reconsider the ban, according to the postandcourier.com. Ms. Spearman was quoted, um, I'm sorry, Ryan Brown, excuse me, is a spokesperson Forbes Spearman wrote in an email, quote, Superintendent Spearman has been clearing her support for empowering South Carolina's locally elected school leaders with the input from parents and their communities to make decisions impacting the health and well-being of the students they serve. We look forward to the court bringing finality to this issue. What a load of crap. I'm just going to say it. This is not about just providing equal access. There's a difference between equal rights and equity. You know, if you picture children, there's a cartoon out there, and these kids are all standing in front of, let's say, a, a seven-foot fence, and you can't see through the fence, and there's a ball game going on the other side, okay? And you give each kid a six-inch box to stand on. The kid that is, uh, let's say the fence is six feet tall. I'll take that back. And they get a six-inch box. The kid is already six feet tall. He stands on the box. He's going to see fine. The kid that's five foot six is still not going to be able to see with the same equal provision. And the kid that's four foot, forget it. He's never going to see it. This is about equity so that all children can benefit. So, no, parents don't have the right to send their children, and nobody has the right to willfully possibly infect others. Okay, there is a sense of community, and this nonsense has to stop. So, Last week, U.S. Secretary, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona announced that the federal 
U.S. Department of Education, their Office of Civil Rights, OCR, is going to is going to investigate allegations of discrimination that emerge. These school districts aren't going to like that. OCR does not play. This is about violating the civil rights of children with disabilities. This case is going to go on for a while. Uh, Cardona wrote in a blog post, quote, the department has the authority to investigate any state educational agency whose policies or actions may infringe on the rights of every student to access public education equally, end quote. And he's right. He's right. So let's look at some of the main claims that Schmidt's claiming in this frivolous lawsuit of his here in Missouri and the alleged science that he claims. Now, his major points on the alleged science of the case is, quote, I'm reading this straight from the, the actual uh, lawsuit, quote, the low risk to children from COVID-19. COVID-19 is a respiratory illness caused by a coronavirus that, among other symptoms, can cause cough, shortness of breath, fever, chills, muscle and body aches, vomiting or diarrhea, and the temporary taste of loss, loss, temporary loss of taste or smell, end quote. Now, we're going to go a little further here, okay? This is the beginning, but when I looked over the actual lawsuit, and, and I'll admit, his team did put together some studies in the reference section. I'm not going to say they didn't. They were just the wrong studies. So one of his primary focuses is that he focuses heavily on the idea that the reason mask mandates violate kids who don't like it, violates their civil rights, um, is because they're not needed. Okay? He focused on the idea that children are not asymptomatic carriers of COVID. Asymptomatic meaning that they have no symptoms, but they can carry the disease to others. And Schmidt and his team cherry-picks their data. Now, there's a favorite study which he cites frequently in on-air interviews. In his, and this is his German study that he keeps, he keeps quoting to, okay? So he never actually names this German study. He just calls it the German study, which, again, is another indicator that Mr. Schmidt didn't compile this reference section himself, his team did. Because normally when you cite a study, you can actually name it. But this is this German study, and when I looked at it, I actually looked at the reference they listed. The German study is very limited, straight from their bibliography. It involved a mere 128 pediatric patients who were actually admitted to hospitals over a two-month period. That's it. Now, you have to understand something. When you're looking at transmissibility, of a, an airborne pathogen like COVID. You have to look at longitudinal studies. You have to look at epidemiology, which involves, basically that's, epidemiology is the science of how diseases transmit from person to person. And if they're born, it's really complicated. And so you need large numbers, okay, at least in the hundreds, if not thousands, really preferably in thousands, 128 students. 128 pediatric patients that were only ho that were hospitalized, but no other pediatric cases beyond that in any other setting as well, does not constitute a legitimate epidemiological study, and definitely not proof of his claim that children of a certain of certain ages aren't effective carriers of COVID. He's wrong. 
So while the Missouri AG does seem to have some additional data, this main thrust appears to push the idea that children aren't carriers. Now, unfortunately, there's a much larger study from South Korea than I mentioned earlier. And that study included thousands of children, and it contradicts the AG's specious and scientifically challenged allegations. So this is a piece from Science Alert, and it also lists the links and information to this major South Korean study. Okay, so this was from July of 2020, and again, all these studies, they're talking about alpha. Okay, I looked through the, the reference section of the AG's lawsuit, and I didn't see anything from 21. I could have missed something. But nothing mentioning the Delta variant. This is all the Alpha variant, even though the majority of cases in the U.S., both adult and pediatric, are Delta now. So that means that the references that he's using really are looking at the wrong strain, so they're, it's grounds to toss it anyway. It's just not, it's not factual. But let's look at this. It was written by Peter Dockrell um, for, um, I lost my place here. Um, science alert. The headline is, Older Kids May Transmit COVID-19 As Much As Adults Do, New Evidence Shows. And, you know, the early days of the COVID pandemic, they saw that with the alpha variant, the kids don't appear to come down with it or transmit the virus to the same level as adults. With the alpha variant, but what's transmitting now is delta, two different things. Um, they don't know why. Okay, the evidence behind this reduced vulnerability is speculative at best. They're starting to look into it. But there was new evidence from South Korea that showed the age of the children is what's to be considered as well. This large study indicated that older children, specifically from the ages of 10 to 19, do seem to spread COVID on, on a par with adults, even if younger children don't. And here in Missouri, for instance, we have a lot of kids that are over the age of 12, from 12 to 19, that did not elect to get the vaccine. So, yeah, they're carriers, even if they don't look sick. So there was a research team led by preventative medicine physician Young Yoon Park from the Korean Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and they they really did an epidemiological study. They examined South Korea contact tracing reports from right from the beginning when the first case of COVID was identified in South Korea on January 20th, and they looked at it up until March 27th. Now, in that window of time, some 5,706 index patients were identified. That meant they were confirmed cases, and they were the first people identified as having COVID. Contact tracing efforts chased up, and they tested practically 60,000 people. The number is actually 59,073. These were people that had contact with these confirmed cases. And it showed that, yes, people living in the same household as an infected person are the most likely to get the virus. And, again, it's documented by sciencealert.com. Now, there were some 10,592 of these household contacts tested in the study, and of those, 11.8% of those people ended up also having COVID, where only 1.9% of non-household contacts 
had the virus. And all told, the, um, the household contacts were almost 11,000 household contacts, but all told it was some 48,481 individuals that they looked at. This is an epidemiological study. Not 128 pediatric patients in the hospital. Okay. Researchers in the study, as, um, as listed in the www.nc.cdc.gov, quoted the following. Quote, higher household than non-household detection might partly reflect transmission during social distancing. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> when family members largely stayed home except to perform essential tasks, possibly creating spread within the household. But then the, the study showed something they didn't expect, and that was the, it was reliant on the age of especially these pediatric cases. So they indexed the cases by age, and there were several different cohorts, 0 to 9, 10 to 19, 20 to 29, 30, 40, 50, 60, and so on, and then over 80. And what they found, they did not expect, quote, households with older children indexed patients of 10 to 19 years had the highest rate of infection spread to household contacts with 18.6% of household contacts later showing the infection. Younger children conferred the least amount of spread, okay? So when you're talking about kids not spreading COVID, you have to look at the ages because there are changes. You also have to look at all these studies, the one I'm citing, in addition to the ones that the Missouri Attorney General is talking about, we're basically talking about alpha. Now we're dealing with delta. The majority of cases of COVID in the United States are delta, which means that delta, we know, is more highly contagious than alpha. That's one. It's been compared to chickenpox, so highly contagious. Number two, one of the reasons you found in the study that vaccinated people might get breakthrough cases, but they won't die from it, but they still have to mask around others is because they have higher, Delta is able to issue a higher concentration of viral load than alpha. Okay, this is science. So basically the Schmidt team needs to ditch their research because they're looking at the wrong variant for one. And even within that, the South Korean study is only going to hold probably more true with Delta because it's more highly transmissible. Okay? You know, people, people that work with kids, you know, joke and say kids are, are germ factories. Well, yeah, but in this instance, it's that 10 to 19 crowd that are the most efficient spreaders of COVID, not the little kids. Okay? Um, and so we also have to look at the fact that when you're looking at minor children from birth to 18 or 19 years of age, their bodies are different and they have different behaviors, which means, yes, we need mitigation and mitigation means, yes, mandatory masking in public schools because while it may be inconvenient for some, it keeps others from dying. Okay. Because children with immune-suppressed problems shouldn't have to risk their lives to attend school because their classmates don't want to be inconvenienced. So let's move on. So while Eric Schmidt focuses on what he calls the German study, 
to the exclusion of more comprehensive investigations, again, I'm looking at the South Korean study because it's a true epidemiological study. Okay, it just is. And the South Korean study, well, the German study really occurred at the early stages of the pandemic for two months, March 20th, March of 20 to May of 20. Their grand total of patients they actually looked at were 128 pediatric patients that were already in the hospital. Whereas the South Korean study focused on nearly 6,000 pediatric cases and included contact tracing for almost 60,000 people. The numbers are important, as I've said before, because they speak to the statistical validity of the study. Epidemiology is the science of contagion, contagious diseases over large or sizable populations, and it really needs large numbers in order to measure how, this, how a disease is transmitted across populations. That's, you need those larger numbers, to, in other words, to study the trajectory of an infectious disease. 128 pediatric patients is not scientifically valid for epidemiological theories. And while I'm not degrading the German study, as Schmidt so inelegantly describes it, I am blaming the Missouri AG for using a limited study to justify epidemiological conclusions when that same study contains far too small statistical sampling to warrant any serious consideration in this issue. In short, the Missouri AG likes to cherry pick his evidence. Unfortunately, his willingness to gamble with our lives represents a game of Russian roulette that none of us should be forced to play, much less our children. So now we're moving on. There's an article here from The Atlantic, and it's written by Catherine J. Wu. Uh, the, this is from August 10th of this month. From The Atlantic, the headline is, Delta is bad news for kids. More children are falling ill because more are being infected. You have to remember, last school year, the mask issue really wasn't an issue because here in Missouri, we tried to reopen and then they closed, and then they had mixed schedules, but a lot of kids weren't really going directly to school. They were doing it remotely. So the statistics are all messed up. So this describes this, um, <coughs> excuse me, pediatric cardiologist from Louisiana, and I guess she's on vacation with her husband and their three kids, and extended family. <coughs> It was considered a pandemic-sanctioned vacation. All the adults were fully vaccinated, and they spent most of their time outdoors. Sorry, folks. Ah, <coughs> oh, love asthma. But then the last night of the outing, July 27th, that's the same day the CDC went back and asked vaccinated people to mask up indoors, as documented by The Atlantic, one of the parents started getting sick, and the tests confirmed that there was a mild breakthrough case of COVID. None of the other adults caught the trip, but and so she point. This is a cardiologist. She told the writer that that was total proof the vaccine worked. But within a week, six of the eight kids on the trip, all of them were too young to receive the vaccine, had newly diagnosed COVID infections as well. And you know it had to be Delta. That's what the majority of them are now. The infected group were included two of, <coughs> excuse me, her three sons. Uh, the boys were age five and 11. And 
I didn't get seriously ill, but this just shows that this Delta variant is hyper-transmissible. Okay? And across the country, according to this article, pediatric cases are skyrocketing, uh, including cases among non-immunized adults. Child hosp pediatric hospitalizations are at an all-time pandemic high, according to covid.cdc.gov, the COVID data tracker. Uh, the last week of July, nearly 72,000 new COVID cases were reported in kids. That's almost a fifth of all total known infections in the U.S., according to CBS.news. Okay? I don't know where Eric Schmidt's getting his statistics, but apparently he's going back basically over a year ago, which, again, isn't accurate. And, of course, the most serious cases are in states with low vaccination rates. And children under age 12 can't be vaccinated yet, even if their parents want it, so they are particularly vulnerable. But like here in Missouri, we have a sizable contingent of kids in that age group, 12 to 19, that are not being vaccinated either. And they're wandering around, and they're just being teenagers. And unfortunately, they are super spreaders potentially. And the adults are doing nothing to stop them. Okay, so this is what's happening here. I'm going to skip ahead. Um, there's another pediatric doctor, a pediatric resident at the University of Florida, Shands Children's Hospital, was quoted saying, it's been surreal this past month. <coughs> Sorry, folks. <coughs> Quote, I've never seen this many COVID possible, pos I've never seen this many COVID positive cases. Can you hear us now, Governor DeSantis? Um, so this resident's name is Evelyn Obergon, and she said that in mid-July she treated a two-year-old that had a bad with fever and dehydration. She said, quote, I was shocked. I had never seen a toddler getting infected like this before, end quote. She also said the patients are getting younger, sometimes just weeks old, and most of them are from unvaccinated families. Okay. Uh, Arkansas Children's Hospital is the only pediatric hospital system in Arkansas. And again, vaccine, vaccination rates are very low there. Has admitted, quote, far more children, according to Axios, than at any other part of the pandemic. Jessica Snowden is the hospital's chief of pediatric infectious disease, was quoted. Quote, all of them are unvaccinated. Okay. Now, they're also saying that a lot of the kids in Arkansas, the new COVID-19 patients in Arkansas, are sicker than before. <coughs> Sorry, folks. I'm going <coughs> to, again, this is asthma. I'm going to just read straight from the article right now. Quote, they're coming in with wrecked lungs, struggling to breathe. They're not bouncing back with typical youthful resilience despite having been very healthy before, okay? Wrecked lungs. No child should have wrecked lungs. Uh, Linda Young is a respiratory therapist for 37 years, was quoted, quote, this COVID surge, I've never seen anything like it. 
it's the sickest I've ever seen children, end quote. It is common apparently there for over half of the kids in the ICU to be on ventilators. Abdallah Adalabi is a pediatric critical care physician, was quoted, quote, we are not able to discharge them as fast as they are coming. Um, many people didn't believe kids could get this thing, end quote. So let's move on because what we know is these kids are getting sicker. So again, Mr. Schmidt's wrong. <coughs> um, and we're talking about Delta. Amelia Bray Auschenbrenner is a pediatric emergency medicine fellow at St. Louis Children's Hospital. She was quoted that she is really worried about the way Delta is just slicing through the population. Um, quote, for me, that's what I'm more scared of, what things will look like in a month, end quote. Because apparently the possibility of long COVID can happen, including in children. This is according to a medical journal called The Lancet. Very prestigious. <coughs> and I know I sound like I'm, I, this isn't COVID. I'm just, this is my usual COPD. Uh, long COVID, anybody of any age can get it. You have fatigue, brain fog, fog, joint pain. There's been reports of people that have lungs that are just riddled with fibrotic material. In other words, they're just wrecked. They can't, they can't expand or contract. They can't function. Okay. Um, and this is just what's happening. And again, our Missouri Attorney General is using old data from the Alpha variant to justify his lawsuit. Okay. Um, and the rise in pediatric cases Let's face it, more kids are becoming ill because more are being infected, more are being infected because this Delta variant seeps through our communities because so many people are going back into social settings, they're not distancing, they're not masking, and they're not vaccinated. And I'm talking about the alleged adults. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm sorry, folks. So Sally Permar is the chair of pediatrics at New York Presbyterian Kamansky Children's Hospital. And she was quoted, she explained, quote, the more transmission you have, the more cases you have, and the more you're going to get bad outcomes. Okay. Um, you know, Permar said, this is, you know, this is really scary, okay. Um, <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me, folks. I was doing fine until now. Okay, so kids in high transmission states are being hit with more virus, okay? And they're being hit more heavily and more frequently. And Delta is really, the Delta variant is really good at just getting in our airways and accumulating there, no matter what your age. It's just a heavier viral viral load. And we know from alpha <coughs> that the heavier the viral load, the sicker you get. <coughs> One of the things the viruses do, it keeps that that viral load from getting heavier. Um, 
And Delta is really good at that. And that's according to Jennifer Dean Bard, who is the director of the Clinical Microbiology and Virology Laboratory at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Okay? So she's saying that basically Delta is really good at basically sending exponential, really large numbers of viral load into our airways and staying there. And that's one of the reasons it's so highly transmissible. So there's some other things going on here, but we're not going to get into that tonight. <coughs> now, mask, masking is a contentious uh, proposition. The World Health Organization doesn't really recommend it for children younger than six. In the U.S., it's recommended for children over the age of two, largely because we have such a sizable amount of virus because people won't vaccinate and they won't wear a mask. The CDC has recommended universal masking in schools for everyone older than two. <coughs> I'm sorry, folks. It's... Okay. So let's move on. Keep in mind, the justification for A.G. Schmidt's lawsuit against mask mandates in public schools is based on data on the alpha variant, nothing on delta. <clears throat> okay. And we know that delta is so transmissible that the CDC has described it as more infectious than the common cold or flu. It's more infectious and more swiftly infects than the viruses that cause smallpox, MERS, SARS, and Ebola. <coughs> oh, folks, and I'm so sorry. <coughs> and it's as contagious as chickenpox. That was according to an internal document. The copy was obtained by the New York Times. And the highest spread of cases with Delta with severe outcomes Undoubtedly, it's happening in places with low vaccination rates like Missouri. And that low vaccination rate includes teens in Missouri, which have been proven, according to the South Korean study, to be efficient carriers. Again, that was the alpha variant, but it wouldn't be hard to uh, basically figure that since Delta is so much more infectious, that pattern is going to continue. <coughs> All right, folks, so sorry, this is just my usual. All right, so, um, and again, these viruses mutate, which again, when you have a Missouri Attorney General who's using only information and data and studies from the Alpha variant, it's not accurate. NC or NC Yildirim. MD and PhD is a Yale Medicine Pediatric Infectious Disease Specialist and a Vaccinologist. And Dr. Yildirim was quoted as saying, quote, all viruses evolve over time and undergo changes as they spread and replicate. <clears throat> so once again, our AG and his team didn't think of that. Okay. F, Dr. F. Perry Wilson, MD, is a Yale Medicine epidemiologist. And he was quoted as saying, quote, Delta will certainly accelerate the pandemic. 
Okay? So once again, it's predicted by the end of July, Delta was the cause of more than 80% of new U.S. COVID-19 cases, according to CDC estimates. So why is Missouri Attorney General Schmidt using data from studies which did not consider the Delta variant? Asthma <coughs> mm. is so delicious, folks. I'm being sarcastic. But we're almost done. Okay. One of the other things the CDC found also is that even people with breakthrough cases that are fully vaccinated, when it comes to Delta, they can carry, quote, tremendous amounts of virus in their nose and throat. <coughs> and according to preliminary reports, can spread the virus to others whether or not they have symptoms, end quote. Again, why is the Missouri Attorney General and his team relying on old data, which does not include the Delta variant, which is now the dominant strain, in order to justify his alleged science? CDC's labeled Delta a variant of concern. Um, Dr. Wilson, once again, the Yale medicine epidemiologist was quoted about the importance of mitigation, wearing masks. Quote, in a completely unmitigated environment where no one is vaccinated or wearing masks, it's estimated that the average person infected with the original COVID strain will infect 2.5 other people. <coughs> in the same environment, Delta would spread from one person to maybe 3.5 or 4 other people. So practically double. Because of the math, it grows exponentially and more quickly. So what seems like a fairly modest rate of infectivity can cause the virus to dominate very quickly. And yet, Mr. Schmidt's data and his team omits this issue. Unvaccinated people are, we know, at risk. All right? And there's quite the states that have low vaccination rates include Missouri. Okay? So... Let's move on, folks. <coughs> ah, you'd think it was winter. This is what it's like to have bum lungs. So we have to learn more about Delta, but once again, I don't think our AG cares about that. All right, let's move on. And a lot of information here. There was another article from The Hill from August 6th, and it was by Christian Spencer. The headline is, Evidence Mouth the Delta Variant is Dangerous for Kids. Children are rapidly getting sicker from the Delta variant of COVID-19. <coughs> so most of these cases are Delta. All right. From the beginning of the pandemic, children were some 14.33% of all cases. Now, uh, as of August 6th, they represent 19%. It's hypertransmissible. It just is. Now, here's the thing. Children's cases are growing at an alarmingly increased rate. Um, but we're not totally sure about too many things yet. So Bernard Wiederman, who's an infectious disease specialist at Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C., 
this is from NBC News, told NBC News, it's quote, it's going to take time and a collection of data from multiple sites to know if Delta is more virulent in kids than previous strains of the virus. And we know this. <coughs> if ever there was a time to err on the side of caution and math, this is it. But apparently, our AG is not listening. Now, here's one more little piece of information. And our AG, Mr. Schmidt and his team, really should listen to this one. This is from actual pediatricians. In fact, it's from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Again, you know, actual pediatricians, not politically connected attorneys. And this they're saying face masks for children during COVID-19. They're saying, yes, children, until they're fully vaccinated, they should continue to wear a face mask, socially distance. <clears throat> they say ch children two years of age or older, um, including kids with special health conditions, should wear a mask with only a few exceptions. Children under the age of two should not because there is a suffocation risk because they can't take it off themselves. And anyone unconscious or unable to remove a face mask shouldn't wear one. Um, and there's ways of getting your child used to wearing a mask, okay? You can look in the mirror. You can put in a mask on a favorite stuffed animal. You can decorate them. You can show your child pictures of other kids wearing them. Draw one on one of your favorite book characters. <coughs> it's true. They do have to have some supervision, but it's better than having to ventilate your child. Let's look a little more now. It turns out that a Missouri Attorney General has a history of filing frivolous lawsuits that, again, are filled with factual inconsistencies and half-truths from St. Louis NPR. Okay? This was July 28th. The, the um, headline was Eric Schmidt's lawsuit targeting St. Louis mask mandates is riddled with data errors. Okay? And again... He was quoted as saying, quote, despite having the most restrictive and unconstitutional orders in Missouri, St. Louis County and St. Louis City suffered some of the highest COVID-19 case rates and death rates in Missouri. And that was in the lawsuit. And according to NPR, the problem is it's wrong. Apparently, there was a difference in the statistical data. Do you see a, a pattern emerging here? You know, it seems like the AG and his team are very good at jerry-rigging data to manipulate to make it look like what they wanted to. It's, 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 I'm not going to say, I'm not going to accuse them of evidence tampering, but it's getting deliciously close to that. That's an opinion. There was an analysis by the Missouri Independent that found several places in uh, A.G. Schmidt's 37-page filing, which this is against mass mandates in St. Louis City of St. Louis County and then in Kansas City. That this would be, he did this one before the mask, the lawsuit against mask mandates in our public school. <clears throat> um, and they said data comparisons are questionable, either because they mix state and local data or omit, omit entire classes of cases. Now, Schmidt spokesman Chris Newell. Um, was quoted as saying, quote, we filed a thorough detailed lawsuit to seek relief for the people of St. Louis and we'll deal so expeditiously. We are confident and proud of our suit. And this was in an email. Now, the St. Louis County Health Department couldn't comment or the St. Louis Health Department, but the results from comparing data reported locally by any single county 
with every other county's state data are unreliable because local data often doesn't match state data is what they explain. Um, and that a lot of the counties do report cases based on different criteria than the state. So it's like comparing apples and oranges, right? You can't do that. You are, if you're going to compare the, the rates of COVID increase or decrease then as well as COVID deaths, then you need to be looking at the, st the same data, the same statistic. <coughs> Moving ahead here, what they found was that the biggest reason for the differences in case totals in March of this past year was that the state was not reporting results from antigen tests. In other words, the state was manipulating the statistic by excluding antigen test results to make their numbers look artificially low. Okay, and so let's move on here. Uh, give you an example, uh, St. Charles County. Uh, they never imposed a, a mask mandate and Schmidt claimed they have a low, lower overall infection and death rate than neighboring St. Louis County. And that's true only if the local data for St. Louis County is compared to state data for St. Charles County. And then you don't pay any attention to the antigen to the antigen case rate. And antigen case rates more accurately show the, the spread of infection that somebody has been exposed. And even if they didn't get sick, spread it to someone else. Uh, keep in mind, COVID is one of those diseases, whether it's alpha or delta, is that a carrier can be asymptomatic, not look sick at all, and spread it to everyone else which is one of the reasons why you need masking as a mitigation strategy, because you don't know who's who and what's what. Now, when they included the antigen data, the infection rate in St. Charles County was about 12% higher than St. Louis County. And then when they compared data from local dashboards, they showed an even larger gap of 16.5%. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm sorry, folks. So we can see that once again, our AG likes to monkey with the data. Um, and then Mr. Schmidt has a sense of privilege that's beyond the pale. His news release included this quote, quote, discontinued government overreach is unacceptable and unconstitutional, especially in the face of a widely available vaccine. There's absolutely no scientific reason to continue to force children to wear a mask in school. Okay. What government overreach is he talking about? The same government overreach where the GOP-led legislature basically nullified the right of local governments to administer and implement their own mask mandate because Governor Parsons was too stupid to do it. Okay. There was a scientific analysis of mask mandates that reached a different conclusion. <coughs> and the, studies, the study was, um, I'm sorry, on July 3rd, 2020, St. Louis and St. Louis County imposed mask mandates and the surrounding regions, St. Charles, Franklin, and Jefferson counties did not. They were all in a similar trajectory of increased cases according to Enbal Shakam of the College of Public Health at St. Louis University. And what they found was that the study found that masks lowered 
the transmission within three weeks. Okay. Quote, ultimately found the St. Louis and St. Louis County consistently had a 40% reduction in cases compared to neighboring counties, and it did not increase. Okay. So, you know, once again, Mr. Schmidt hasn't met false data that he doesn't like. Okay. Now, there's one more here thing here. This is from the editorial board of the Kansas City Star, and it's an editorial on Eric Schmidt's what I call planned incompetence. Um, so this, what exactly is Eric Schmidt proposing? That parents have the right to endanger their children, themselves, and everyone else? So, um, you know, Schmidt himself wrote this, quote, incompetence can't be masked. Well, he may as well have talked about himself, according to this editorial, from um, the, excuse me, from the Kansas City Star. <coughs> They're saying that he's not much of an attorney. <coughs> Folks, I'm sorry, this happens sometimes. The Kansas City Star said that um, the lawsuits that the Missouri AG brings are, quote, routinely tossed out of court, in other words, dismissed, before they even are allowed to begin, according to the Riverfront Times. Um, you know, Ray Hartman wrote this. The title was, Will Missouri Taxpayers Are Retire of Losing Other People's Lawsuits? But then this editorial board said, quote, but then Schmidt doesn't file cases in order to win or even argue. He files them to get on TV. He lost on Missouri Medicaid expansion. He lost on voter fraud in the 2020 election. He lost on the Affordable Care Act. He sued China. He's suing the Biden administration. Um, Poke your head out the door and he'll sue you too and charge you for it. He routinely, I'm reading straight from this editorial, he routinely busts into local criminal cases, even seeking authority to prosecute crimes in St. Louis. He lost that one as well. Schmidt's performative pandering to the Republican base in hopes of winning higher office is not only craven, but dangerous. Okay, so, um, you know, that was straight from the editorial, and I agree with every piece of it. So Schmidt goes on and he's quoted as saying, again, he's, he's complaining about unconstitutional and unreasonable government overreach and it has to stop. <coughs> and this editorial said, again, quote, Eric, a legal lesson. The U.S. Supreme Court has said states can require vaccinations. Vaccinations is fact school kids already know. Public safety rules are quite constitutional. The bigger concern is Schmidt's willingness to sacrifice their health and safety of, I'm sorry, the bigger concern is Schmidt's willingness to sacrifice the health and safety of your kids on the altar of his ambitions. Okay, so Schmidt went on to say, quote, requiring children to mask all day in school is not based in science and is completely ridiculous. <coughs> Again, a Yale Medicine Emergency Medicine Specialist in Karen Jubanyak contradicted him, um, quote, there are pockets in this country and an entire other country, so there aren't many people who are fully vaccinated and infection rates are high. I think it is important to realize it could be potentially dangerous to you as well as other people to not wear a mask. Masks should be worn indoors by all individuals age two and older who are not fully vaccinated, and that was according to the CDC. Huh. <coughs> Folks, I'm sorry. This is my... 
So, once again, this has been the GOP crusade, if you will. Governor Parson, as well as A.G. Schmidt, Missouri, Missouri Republicans have worked tirelessly to usurp local COVID decision-making and impose their own top-down, no-compromise, one-size-fits-all rules based on wishful thinking and political expediency rather than on health and safety. And this is straight from the editorial. <coughs> In the last line of, these, of this particular editorial, and I read straight from it because it's just good, it's true, incompetence can't be masked nor can ignorance, fear, or cynicism, end quote. And that was from the Kansas City Star. And it's true. So, you know, our attorney general is willing to play a dangerous game of Russian roulette with our kids' lives and the lives of their families in order to gain publicity for his looming U.S. Senate run for the seat being vacated by U.S. Senator Roy Blunt. He doesn't give a damn about our children or about our families. You know, I find it truly ironic that the GOP, especially in Bible Belt states like Missouri, love to brag about how they're pro-life. But if anything, they become a cult of death. There is, you know, again, he would rather, I don't know, these people think that wearing a piece of cloth over your mouth and nose is so horrible. I'd say being ventilated, waiting to die is far worse. <coughs> This is what happens when I talk too much, folks. So, you know, once again, we've got this whole thing, and you have this attorney general, when you look at the paucity of actual relevant studies in his uh, lawsuit against public schools in Missouri, it isn't there. He hasn't, none of the data mentions Delta, which is the majority of cases now. And... Once again, he's cherry-picking his data, or rather his team is, and really refuses to consider real epidemiological studies. One of the reasons I mentioned so many doctors from top hospitals and top medical establishments like Yale is demonstrate these top experts are saying, yes, you need to be vaccinated as soon as you can be, and you need to mask. You need to do all of this because there's still a lot we don't know. And it is truly immoral that the Missouri Attorney General, like far too many people in the GOP of Trump, is willing to use our children and their families as political pawns in his game for future power. It's evil. But that's exactly what's happening. It's a cynical ploy <coughs> taking advantage of people that are willingly ignorant and it has to stop. It just does. And the school superintendents that will not buck this man should be fired. You know, I still tutor off and on. And I know for a fact uh, there's a high school in um, St. Louis County, a tailing called Eureka High School. And this is where uh, there was a, um, a video that went viral of parents comparing wearing masks to being in a Nazi concentration camp, which is problematic in and of itself. One of my students told me that they had an assembly, and there, these were high school students, no social distancing. It was packed. 
the kids really weren't masked. And they were explaining how, for instance, they were going to have A day and B day, and the kids didn't know where they were going to be from day to day. Now, this is similar to other schools where they don't have assigned seating at lunchtime, where you have to unmask, for instance, you know, to eat. Why would they do this? Well, I have my theory, and my theory is that these schools that are electing to do this, they are making it almost impossible to contact trace. So their numbers look lower than they actually are. And the administrators that are going along with this, every single one of them should be fired. Every single one. There comes a point, especially when you have a special privilege as a teacher, where you have to stand your ground and do the right thing. Just is. And once again, they're playing games with our kids' lives. And even if the kids don't get sick, those teenagers are going to take bring it home to their parents. And some of these parents are fairly young themselves. So what I want to ask A.G. Schmidt is, is he ready for a state, much less a country, of orphans? Because that's what he's aiding and abetting. We're going to be looking at this some more. This is only the beginning. And, um, you know, it is mainly the GOP pushing this. You know, I have a theory that if we were if we were to replace the name COVID with smallpox or even tuberculosis, we wouldn't be having this debate. Except that COVID's actually more transmissible and more dangerous. <coughs> Once again, you can't fix stupid. But we do have a right to protect our kids and school districts. School boards have a right to protect their students against a governor, in this case in Missouri, who's criminally incompetent, and a Missouri attorney general who, in my opinion, is just a criminal. So that is our, our program for today. I apologize for all the coughing. I'm hoping that Brooke will be back soon. Um, in the meanwhile, we're going to continue to cover this and other relatable stories. Um, and I, I hope to hear from you guys again. We're going to be examining these stories. We're going to be demanding answers from people in power because it didn't have to be this way, none of it. And furthermore, and this is just my own theory, while Donald Trump cannot be blamed for COVID, he didn't create the virus, he ain't that smart, he ain't smart at all, actually. He can and should be held legally accountable for the criminal malfeasance he perpetrated. He knew as early, he knew early on in the pandemic that this was airborne and it was deadly. And he withheld that information. And his excuse was he didn't want people to panic legally. Now, let's talk about legalities, Mr. Schmidt. I don't care what his reasoning was. He withheld that information, which resulted in people unknowingly risking themselves. I was out and about during that time until I isolated myself, not knowing that it was airborne. And I have COPD, never smoked, but I do. So I was at risk. <clears throat> Donald Trump, every member of his administration should be held accountable criminally 
with mandatory criminal investigation, criminal prosecution, and yes, jail time. Mandatory jail time, every single one of them. And they should face civil litigation as well. That's it. They played games with our lives. It didn't have to be this way. And then he instigated, Trump instigated this philosophy of anti-mass, this hyper-masculinity. It was stupid. <clears throat> so, yes, we need to hold people accountable. I, I, I don't agree with Obama at all on this. This nonsense, look forward, not back. No. The law means that it's equally, rule of law means it's equally applied to all and that there's no privilege, and that's what needs to happen. People face consequences for their actions, serious consequences. They're going to be less apt to pull this nonsense again. And then in terms of vaccines, and this is just kind of me just ruminating overall. The fact is, Vaccines can be reproduced. There should be absolutely no, no patent monopoly on this since, it, since these vaccine, vaccines were uh, developed with funding from the National Institute of Health on the taxpayer's dime. At the very least, the patent monopolies for all COVID vaccines and all COVID treatments should be suspended with the recipes medical personnel and any equipment they may need being outsourced to every nation on the earth. That's it. And and if they want to sue, let them sue. Let them sue. Because we have a bigger responsibility to our people. So, (coughs) sorry folks, that's Progressive News Network for today. I'm Janine Moloff, and uh, I hope you learned something, especially from about how stupid our attorney general is in Missouri. Florida does not have a monopoly on lunacy, corruption, or stupidity. We have it here in the Midwest, too. And with that, I say I hope to hear from you guys. I hope you come and visit us again next Sunday. Good night, and God bless.